2: And this podcast is where your IQ points go straight to hell. Hi, boys and girls. You're listening to the Chad and Cheese Podcast. This is your co-host, Joel No Wave Cheeseman. And this is Chad Pink Splash Silwash. On this week's show, LinkedIn gets high Q as a kite, beekeeper finds the honeypot, and New York salary transparency law is off to a rocky start. Forget about it. Let's do this. Wave. That's the first, or what was it you said? Pink splash. So,
1: Stephen. Pink splash. Yeah, Stephen Colbert actually said the red wave was actually a pink splash, kind of like when Republicans accidentally wash their clan robes with their MAGA hats.
2: Was that what Colbert said, or is that a So Wash <laughs> original? <laughs>
1: No, that was a, that was Colbert. That was very great. That, that was good. That was good. I mean, I, I got to say, I, I would love to see more balanced politics in the U.S., but it's hard to ask mm-hmm. for balance when one party is full of election deniers, racist and Jewish space laser enthusiast. It's it's really hard these days.
2: The best news is Trump may be done. I, I'm probably saying <sighs> that a little bit um early he has a big announcement on tuesday which i'm sure we'll talk about on the show as well but his candidates got smacked around uh the party is not happy with him uh from what i understand desantis totally cleaned up in florida if if it means the end of trump
1: so be it yeah the hardest part is you have a you have uh, a Trump lackey who's a hell of a lot smarter than Trump is. I mean, DeSantis is a incredibly smart dude. I mean, imagine Trump was Trump was the president for four years. Imagine if he had half a brain, the shit that he could have wrecked, all the shit that he already did wreck, right? Yeah, I mean, if if I'm just sort of looking at it, um, you know, non politically,
2: I know the Dems are really happy about the result, but. You know, they may have gotten rid of Trump and gotten DeSantis in return. I'm not sure that's something that you would uh, prefer to have happen. And you're probably more likely to have Biden run again, which I'm not sure a lot of people on either side of the aisle wants to see happen. So it'll be an interesting uh, two years. It will very it's getting it's getting it's getting kind of hectic you'll be on a beach in Portugal mm-hmm. and uh you know who cares who cares, <laughs> who,
1: cares?
2: <laughs> who cares who cares well let's get to shout outs. shout outs okay okay aside from okay. the I gotta,
1: election I gotta, geez. I gotta I gotta I gotta start out with something fresh right out of the oven I mean literally bring it this hasn't been dropped yet so it looks like iSIMS is looking to make a big, big move as Steve Lucas steps down from the CEO position. And sources tell me that Brian Provost will be the successor. Uh, Brian's company, Accentus, was just purchased by UKG earlier this year, and prior to that, in 2014, he was the CEO of Convey Compliance, which was acquired by, guess who, Joel? I don't know. Vista Equity Partners. Vista, Yeah, 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 yeah. (laughs) So bringing your boy in is is what it sounds like right now. It's it's kind of interesting because you're going to be uh, at ISIMS next week. So the the timing is kind of weird, right? Yeah, it's a
2: uh, it's a volatile time at ISIMS. We've talked about you know a lot of uh, longstanding employees leaving. Obviously, there was a failed IPO, whether that's market you know market forces okay. or uh, just the business itself. Uh, Steve came in with a lot of hype. You know with his marketo background and, and marketing and some big acquisitions that we've talked about on the show that we've been very uh, complimentary of and now it sounds like uh, Steve is Steve is out the door so now they're having their annual event lots of speakers, lots of people we know um, I've been invited to come out. I'm going to have the mics the mics handy. Uh, so I should I should have some good content from iSIMS, but uh, it sounds like a lot of big things going on. That's a big deal. CEO leaving a company is not a little thing, um, and companies that are crushing it usually don't have their CEO leave. So um, hopefully
1: we'll get some answers around all these questions surrounding circling iSIMS. It is, it is a very interesting time. I, I think you could look at it two different ways. Uh, obviously have the new CEO come in, start to meet a lot of the analysts, a lot of the big clients. I mean, there's, there, there are tons of different ways to spin this. But I, I think really at the end of the day, this is, this is Vista's call, obviously. Uh, Vista wants to make shit happen. And who knows, maybe you know Steve is going to go to another Vista company down the road, take a little sabbatical, go to another Vista company. You know how that shit works. I mean, it's all just pieces on, the, on, on a board. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's, uh, you know, it's another story of someone
2: that doesn't have the core competencies in our business coming in and trying to, you know, sort of put their spin on what they think we should be doing and, uh, ending up in an exodus. Uh, there's, there's something to be said for people that take over companies that have actually done some of this stuff and have sold to these customers, um, that, that holds firm. Experience counts. Experience counts. Well, Shout out for me a little on on the lighter side. Uh, Mine goes to uh, Matt Shaver, if that's really his last name, Uh, the Cleveland, Ohio-based comedian. He went viral this week on TikTok after creating a parody video impersonating a Twitter employee getting fired via email. Uh, He made up a fictional HR lady and a GIF on the email of Elon saying, quote, time to leave the nest, you're fired, end quote. The parody was so good, He had lawyers replying they wanted to represent him against the company. In response, Shaver said, quote, I'm not surprised it went viral. I'm surprised that so many people believed it. Of course, it's mostly believable because Elon's mostly a jackass. Uh, Shout out to Matt Shaver
1: of beautiful, scenic, Cleveland, Ohio. Scenic, very scenic. A uh, big shout out to Ling Wu for prom- promoting the brand spanking new German version of the chat and Cheese podcast yeah. to all of her German peeps in in German. By the way, uh, on LinkedIn, it's still incredibly surreal to me that Veritone could clone our voices, and the next thing you know, we're speaking German, Spanish french and portuguese again I, I kind of feel like a, a kid watching a sky a sci-fi movie in the 80s yeah that's that's an apocalyptic uh science fiction movie by the way my friend
2: Terminator. and uh i've i forget who said but someone said we're more appropriate in german uh our angry angry demeanor comes over better in german anyway so i expect
1: us to be huge stars in germany I do, but i tell you what matt alder also said that listening to, that British guy. to you speak French is amusing, and what I'm going to get. Go ahead and hit the sexy sax if you have it there. Um, <laughs> by amusing, I think he means drawing a hot bath, putting on some Luther Vandross, and having a soak. <laughs> oh yes,
2: yes, yes. That is that is uh, Scottish for dead sexy. Yes. I think uh, mm-hmm. in Matt Alder's mother amusing uh, there uh, and. <laughs> Shout out to the job board doctor. The guy we know and love is Jeff Dickey Chasens. Uh, he's got a survey that he does every year of job board owners. Apparently, there are still enough job board owners to make this a statistically significant data set. Surprise to me, I'm sure it is to you. A couple highlights from the survey. Number one, duration-based job postings still make up over 50% of revenue for job boards. And number two, take away 81% are either very or somewhat optimistic about their site's opportunities in the next 12 months. Recession be damned. The job boards are pumped. Shout out to the job board doctor and his survey. Job boards still got money coming in. Still got the monies. (laughs) And speaking of money, we're not yet giving money away, Chad, but we are giving away some pretty good shit on the website. If you haven't signed up at chadcheese.com, click the free link or just go to backslash free. We're talking whiskey from TexKernel. We're talking beer from our friends at Aspen Tech Labs. We're talking T-shirts from JobGet. And we're talking rum with plum if it's your birthday month, a shot at getting that. Uh, Tons of free shit. You got to sign up to get it, though. Um, And while you're doing that, leave us a review on your favorite podcast platform of choice We love reviews. We love uh, those stars, whether they're one or five. It's our oxygen. It's how we get better. And I don't think that we have enough reviews. So please do that if you get a chance while you're signing up for free shit.
1: Review us in German, Portuguese, Spanish, or or French as well. I mean, that'll work. There you go. Everyone at Job,
2: Jobigo, Jobigo, whatever whatever it is that that's our amigos in, in, in German. So make sure that they uh, they get out there and review our us.
1: amigos. Okay. So we're going to slide into events. We we talked a little bit about what you're doing next week. I have to I have to I have to go back to last week because the, the web summit was ridiculous in Lisbon. 70,000 plus attendees, five pavilions, at least three stages per pavilion, and more startups than you can imagine. And they changed those startups out every day. This is a three day event. The speaker's lounge was larger than most expo halls that we see in any HR, expo, conference in our space. Uh, yeah, the, the Speaker's Lounge. They had chefs. They had wine and champagne. Uh, and this is all thanks to our friend uh, Keith Sonderling, the EEOC commissioner that's over there for inviting Julie and me. Um, this, this was literally at another level. I understand it's tech in the broad scope, so it was tech everything. We saw recruitment tech there. We saw eco tech. We saw, obviously, you know, the metaverse types of tech everything that you can think of, so it was very broad, so it was big, but my God, it was fucking amazing. Yeah, and I love you mentioned this last week how
2: they swap out the vendors every day. So I love that you have sort of one day to get your vendor on, your startups, yeah, yeah I, I think that's, that's really cool. And by the way, the, the pictures of the lounge uh, that you shared, <laughs> you'd have to like drag me out of there uh, to, to do a
1: presentation or do an interview because that shit looked dope. That shit looked dope. Yes. Yes. And when when you have a chef that's sitting there and they're fixing things up and they got the little squirt bottles and they're doing their little thing and then they present it to you, you're like, Oh my God. <laughs> yeah. You remember the little baguettes in uh Paris, yes. right? The little chocolate fill. Oh, that, yeah. that was how hard was it
2: to get me out of the table uh from those <laughs> things. That that'd be the same thing. Yeah. Heading to Santa Monica, California next week. Nice. Uh, our our friend our friend Tyler Weeks, big fan of the show, shout out to him. He has agreed to wear a Chad and Cheese t shirt on stage when he presents next week. That's what I'm so, talking uh, about. Big ups to our boy Tyler. My man. Always good to see him. And uh, unfortunately, Stephen McGrath, our favorite, uh, you know what?
1: Welcome to all things Scottish. Our slogan is: If it's no Scottish, it's crap.
2: Stephen will not be there, which means what? my liver gets a pass on this one. Oh, thank man. God, uh, but we will we will be missing Stephen. Stephen, big time. That's no shit. Uh, also, who will be missing? Uh, some people with birthdays uh, we will be missing some cake, I guess, on this one. Uh, but a few few fans are celebrating another trip around the sun this week. And uh, you remember, Rum with plum. If it's your birthday month, uh, there's a chance to win. Um, Our friend Mason Wong uh, won for this month, and he's enjoying a nice bottle of rum. Oh, yeah. Uh, Thanks thanks to Plum. But also celebrating a birthday this week. Happy birthday! Jennifer Revali, good friend of the show, Jamie Carney, (laughs) Charles Hillman, Mike Vogel, and... Today, as we record this, our friend Julie Kelly celebrates a yeah. birthday. And by the way, if you haven't checked out our latest interview, Future Jerks <laughs> with Indeed <laughs> uh, or by Indeed, make sure you check that out. Julie was actually at the event, has some super insight. Um, is a great conversation. If you haven't
1: listened to that, make sure you go back into the archives. Yeah, we did say T-shirts by JobGet, right? Because those things are, they're like a hug from Chad and Cheese. JobGet's getting some free promo at uh, the iSIMS event with Tyler <laughs> Weeks and me wearing T-shirts. <laughs> so don't forget, birthdays sponsored by Plum. That's Plum.io. Get out there and take your Plum. Is that what the kids say now these, these, these days? Take your Plum. Take your Plum. Take your plum. get your bl- your plum that sounds tuck. like something grandma
2: grandma might have said back in the day. Mm. Her uh, was was what does it make you regular the, uh, the something <laughs> juice plum. prune juice that's plum. it prune and plums that sounds like a, a snack made in heaven. All right, week nine of fantasy football is in the oh, books. Everybody, uh, our friends at Factory Fix are nice enough to uh, support our bad habits uh, that we enjoy every Sunday here in the states. Here's the leaderboard from number one to the seller number one we got Chris come on Mannion and number one Serge Gretzky Boudreau number two Matt Sugarhill gang Dennis Rodman Tupper smoking Joe Wilkie Republic of Chad Sowash Joel it's all Gouda Cheeseman, Chris Chris Christie Kelling Jason Statham Putnam <laughs> Mike Huckabee Schaefer James Bond Gilliam oh danny boy shoemaker round out the 12 players in fantasy football with chad cheese and we're about halfway well we're halfway through the season now getting close to the end it's been a fun trip you and i are right there in the middle hoping to get uh up to the top the final four will be in the playoffs so you got to be in one of those four spots to make it happen
1: Topics.
2: All right, stop me if you've heard this one before. Uh, The legal fight that's about as old as this podcast may finally be coming to a close. LinkedIn last Friday announced a win in a six-year lawsuit against HiQ Labs Incorporated, a now dormant company that had scraped LinkedIn data. Quick refresher, HiQ was scraping LinkedIn profile data to analyze and predict the retention risk for employees. LinkedIn issued a cease and desist letter to Haikyuu and a bunch of similar companies back in 2017. Haikyuu, which was founded in 2012, went dormant in 2019 after being unable to find further investors, shocker, and the loss of major clients, according to court records. The case isn't officially over, however. Uh, it's still set for trial because the central question it raised, whether highQ's action violated a federal anti-hacking law, remains unresolved. Who's paying the legal bills at this point? Who knows? Does anyone still care? Chad, what's your take on this never-ending saga?
1: Well, it seems like, at least from these reports, that LinkedIn succeeded in diverting the real issue. They obviously presented evidence specific to how HiQ was extracting data, and the focus of the trial should not have been on the how, but the bigger question, who? Who does the data belong to? Is my data on LinkedIn mine? In focusing on the method instead of the bigger overarching question, the court has created a precedent that might be hard to overturn. Not that it can't be, but it, it might be hard. Now, think of this though. What is the impact for startups? Indeed, scrapes, Google scrapes, but they are past the point where you know companies are rebelling against them. Nobody wants to push away Indeed and in Google, but uh, what would have happened if this was enacted back in the day when Indeed was just a little baby aggregator, right? So this is uh, this could be a problem. How is this gonna impact companies that could prospectively be more innovative? Not to mention, who does the data belong to? In this case, they're saying it belongs to LinkedIn. It belongs to the actual Mm -hmm. vendor, not us. Uh, Look, this is America, Jack.
2: And we may love a good underdog story, but the overdog is king in the legal system. LinkedIn did exactly what they wanted to do. uh, Use our resources to smother this smart mouth startup into oblivion, and that's exactly what happened. HiQ is out of business, its investors are burned, and its customers are back to paying out the nose for you guessed it, LinkedIn. Mm-hmm. God bless America. So, where do we go from here? Well, number one, uh, status quo LinkedIn stays the 800 pound gorilla. Number two, King Kong gets a Godzilla. <laughs> Maybe Indeed or Slack or Twitter or Google or whoever you want to put in there might enter the picture and become a competitor. Or number three, something totally new takes over. Uh, Whispers of blockchain, for example, are being floated around. And our own homeboy, Sir Richard Collins, has just launched CV Wallet uh, to possibly try and do just that my guess at least for the next decade or so linkedin stands alone king kong ain't got shit on linkedin
1: end of story yeah yeah it's it's interesting because the de facto resume for for many nowadays is just send me your linkedin uh, so yep. that's that's what people are using and and yeah talking about uh, richard and and beverly and what they're doing with cv wallet is something that you know should have been done a long time ago the only problem is i don't think the tech was available to be able to do that so i think uh, we're gonna see we're gonna see some new products pop up the question is um traction right and being able to to, to thwart the huge fucking monstrosity we know as uh, we know as linkedin yeah i mean
2: the economy is a scale and it, if linkedin was just hey, here's your profile page and that's it, like it used to be. Uh, Sort of like, remember remember MySpace when it was just, hey, here's my online profile and the only thing you really did was check out new bands or adjust your top nine friends or how many (laughs) top friends you had. I mean, LinkedIn has this you know, economies of scale, everyone's on it, network effects, they got the DOPA hit when you post something, people yeah. like it, people share mm-hmm. it, the community's there. If it were just, hey, it's a resume, I'd say it could, it could be dethroned. And I think the idea of having like a resume in your in your Apple wallet or your Android wallet mm-hmm. um, is really appealing, but it has none of that other stuff, right, it's, it's not a B2B sales channel, it's not a DOPA hit. Like, if, if, if blockchain can solve that sort of or bridge that gap, um, I think there's something there. But otherwise, I see nothing on the horizon. Uh, that's going to dethrone LinkedIn.
1: Well, and it's interesting too because the the malice now toward uh, Facebook and Twitter, uh, you know, that yeah. Zuckerberg and 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 fucking Elon Musk, uh, there are more people that are flocking to LinkedIn for more social interaction than they have been uh, with Twitter and and Facebook. Yeah, yeah. You joined what Mastodon this week?
2: Yes. <laughs> that's the uh, that's the Twitter Twitter killer. How was that? What was your take
1: on Mastodon? It feels like a mom and pop shop, to be quite frank. Uh, no yeah, the ser- sometimes the servers are slow. I mean, you have to pick the server that you want to be on, which is kind of weird. Um, yeah. They, you know, it, so it's, it, it is definitely different, but it's worth checking out. I think I have maybe five people I connected with on mastodon that's that's about where i'm at right now
2: yeah as much as i love the fact that you can actually edit uh your tweets or your masks or whatever mastodons or whatever they're calling it uh you're i i don't think like i'm too old and i've built like too much on these i guess old in quotes social channels to like go try and build a new one i just don't have the energy (laughs) or the uh the the care like you're on tiktok and you're you're doing stuff on tiktok like i just don't have I don't have the energy. I'm too busy looking at, you know <laughs> you know what I look at.
1: Big booty Latinas talk. and bug fights,
2: yes. That's right, that's right. And speaking of bug fights, let's talk about Beekeeper. Damn, that's a good segue. The 10-year-old Zurich, Switzerland-based startup that connects the non-desk or deskless workforce to operational systems and communication channels has raised $50 million in a Series C funding round. This brings total funding to $146.5 million. The company intends to use the funds to continue to invest in product and development and establish its leadership in the frontline success category. Since 2020, Beekeeper has seen growth with thousands of frontline business locations now using the platform in more than 150 countries. Deskless, it's a thing, Chad. What's your take
1: on Beekeeper? So Beekeeper was founded in 2011. It took a pandemic for this segment to explode. It took the great resignation for employers to understand how important this segment is. Think of how disconnected some of those employees felt how little control or influence they actually had as well. And then employers were like, "Eh, oh, wait a minute. This could actually make employees' day better, which means we might be able to retain them. Not to mention we might be able to provide some efficiencies that are in there. Oh, wait a minute. This might be good for business. It takes a goddamn pandemic for companies to start to understand this and for a platform that made sense the entire time to actually gain traction. I mean, humans are just fucking stupid. Anyway, beekeeper revenue raised 100%. AKA double during the pandemic. They, they just opened a marketplace in June of this year. So they, much like we've seen with applicant tracking systems and, and core talent platforms, this is a great way for an organization to not have to build or buy. They partner until they actually get to the point where they can start buying shit. But I mean, overall, I think to me, this is something that has been long, long overdue. Uh, yes your honor it's true
2: This man has no desk <laughs> Sorry I had to throw that in there <laughs> little Ghostbusters <laughs> reference I, I, gave, I, I gave a mobile presentation Back in the, the early uh, 2010s And one of the slides that I had In my presentation was eBay Who had actually built An intranet app mm-hmm. uh, For the iPhone and Android So their employees could go on this app And, and get everything on the intranet On the go Right. It was a cute little idea, but it was very cool. And you could see like where this thing could go for for a single enterprise. Mm -hmm. What Beekeeper did was let's take the idea and give it to an entire uh, company. And what was a cute idea, really way ahead of its time in in 2012, the world is caught up with Beekeeper. And now it's like, oh, they've been doing that for 10 years. Mm -hmm. Uh, They're super entrenched. They've grown organically. Uh, their client list is is just jaw-dropping dr- jaw uh, f- especially for a comp- little little company in Zurich Switzerland that's made uh, inroads like this the world has come to them I love these stories where these companies grow organically it's a good idea and just over time what was way ahead of the curve has finally come to, to roost to to fruition Uh Beekeeper is a great success story. Um, I, I love these stories versus the ones that's like, oh, they launched three years ago, they're a billion dollar valuation, they've hired a million people in in twelve months. Like, I love these like grow organically uh, stories that the world catches up to them, and they had a good idea that that came to fruition uh, a decade later. Sometimes good things come. To those who wait and do the good work and put in the time. Congratulations, Beekeeper.
1: Something to be said about discipline and patience and being able to actually put a business plan together that is not high on burn. And imagine a company in Switzerland
2: being. <laughs> it's like clockwork. Being so rigidly, rigidly committed to a vision and seeing it. Like clockwork. It through. German, Austrian, Swiss, DNA, gotta love it, gotta love it.
1: Human resources is supposed to be about humans. I mean, it's right there in the name. But when your hiring team is more like an assembly line glued to their computers, manually posting heaps of jobs everywhere they can think of, that human part feels nowhere to be found. This is a new era. Pando IQ takes the mind-numbing copy-pasting and nerve-wracking guesswork out of the job posting process. When you plan a hiring campaign with Pando IQ, you tell us who you need. Then, before you ever spend a cent, we predict what it will cost to find them. Pando IQ chooses the ideal recruiting sites from thousands of options, targeting the ones your next great hire frequently visits, then fires off your ads at precisely calculated times, surfacing the most relevant applicants for you to pick from. Now you're free to get to know the best talent. Build great teams and take care of your humans. Pando IQ will do the rest so you can get back to doing what the computers can't. For more information on Pando IQ, go to pandologic.com. That's pandologic.com.
2: Slip it in Chad Ooh. Our new segment We introduced it last <laughs> week we, get, we got some stuff We want to slip in To the show here That is sort of Unofficial news What you
1: got Julie was like Leave it to you and Joel To sexualize everything And I'm like What are you talking about We're just slipping in Some news I, I don't understand hey, hey If her mind's in the
2: gutter That's not that's our fault That's what I said That's, what that's I said. not our fault <laughs> <laughs> So Twitter Meta All kinds of stuff uh, Meta eleven thousand layoffs. Letter from Zuck, Jeez. which I'll give him some credit. It was it was sort of humble pie. You know, we got ahead of our skis. He's learning. I feel I feel bad now. Now they hired forty thousand people during the pandemic. Apparently, yes. they hoarded talent. Mm-hmm. This is a small fraction of the forty thousand that they hired. Exactly. Uh, I suspect there'll be more yes. uh, layoffs uh, as we go on. But yeah, tough times at
1: Meta continue. Amazing. Yeah. I I gotta say that this with Elon's antics that are out there, I mean he's he used to look like the smartest man on the planet. Now he looks like the goddamn village idiot. With him making those <laughs> stupid moves, guys like Zuck, who literally was, I mean, he was he was framed as the enemy and the bad guy uh, forever. Uh-huh. Now, you know, he can do these things, and he looks like the adult in the room. Elon is now the cloud cover for <laughs>
2: Zuckerberg. He <laughs> Zuck cannot be happier to have Elon in the uh, social media exactly. space. But yeah, we've got... So, 50% layoffs at, at Twitter. Apparently, they're they're hiring people back uh, that he fired because he realized, oh, we need those people to do some of these things that we needed to Trainwreck. do. Train uh, wreck. He, he killed the whole work from home thing. Mm-hmm. Remember, Twitter was like, we're 100% forever, yeah. work from home. Elon said, psych, get your ass back in the office. He's fighting with AOC on Twitter, uh, which is kind of hysterical. He blocked her. Yeah, Mr. free speech. <laughs> Mr. free speech blocks blocks a congresswoman. Does he let Trump back on the on the platform? Maybe that's maybe that's the big announcement no. on Tuesday. I don't know. I don't know. No. It's it's crazy. I also wanted to slip in there. A company called Island is doing enterprise web browsers. For companies, So you got a, a mobile workforce to work from home. Do you really want them on Chrome? Do you want them on Safari? Do you want them on, you know, Firefox where they can kind of get into trouble? These guys are making a corporate web browser for security reasons, for monitoring, I'm sure mm-hmm. uh, they just got a uh, they just got 60 million dollars or a billion and a half valuation uh, I think it's a cool idea. No one, you know, the, the fact that no one's thought of it. I thought I'd slip it in to this segment that Island uh, doing enterprise browsers is kind of cool. You did a double slip in there.
1: Just so, yeah, just so the listeners can hear that. You did the double slip I did slip a in. double D on yeah. that one, didn't yeah. I? I did a double.
2: <laughs> All right. Speaking of uh, slipping it in and, and, and double Ds, uh, let's talk about New York City. New York City. Listeners will remember that New York City's salary transparency law went into effect earlier this month, and I'm absolutely shocked, Chad. It hasn't gone <laughs> as smoothly as planned. As numbers started rolling out this week, New Yorkers began calling out some companies for posting extremely broad salary ranges, uh fifty thousand to one hundred and forty-five thousand for a reporter opening. 125 to 211,000 for a senior technical writer, and 106,000 to 241,000 for a general counsel position. In one case, Citigroup listed several jobs with a salary range of zero to two million. I think we both predicted that was going to happen, although none of us said zero. I think it was one dollar to $2 million. Uh, anyway, some companies just stopped posting altogether. Chad, I'm sure you're shocked. Uh, that this is happening. Employers are testing the limits of the law. Imagine that. What's your take on the rocky start to New York City's salary
1: range transparency law? Yeah, well, I mean, you know, you're going to break some eggs. It's it's what's going to happen. You're not going to get it right, right out of the gate. I mean, again, this is a shot over the bow. And for companies... Uh, to, to start doing this and to start playing these games, they again demonstrate that they really don't give two shits about the job seekers that are out there. I mean, seriously, from zero to 2 million, give me a fucking break. They said it was They said it was a glitch, they said it was a glitch. Yeah. But then they went back and there was like another $100,000, you know, <laughs> yeah. well, wait a minute, that's not a glitch, that's just us being dumb asses. I think what's going to happen is you're going to start to see, uh, you're gonna to start to see individuals who, who spy this out and they start kicking it over to New York City officials. As soon as that starts happening, as soon as the enforcement starts happening, that's when all, it's over. Uh, obviously yep. there'll be court cases. That's where this is going. It's gotta go to court, welcome to America, attorneys get rich yep. and, and all this other bullshit when really all the employers have to do is be transparent with the people that they want to bring in. This, to me, is incredibly foolish. It's very Elon Musk-like. You can say shame on you, but they don't give a shit, man. They just don't care.
2: Yeah. Uh, what is it? Show me a 10-foot wall and I'll show you an 11-foot ladder. Yeah. <laughs> uh, that tends to be the uh, the default for most, most Americans. You, see, you talk about lawyers. How many lawyers do you think Citigroup has? Oh, yeah couple hundred at least uh in house so they probably had a lot of fun with that one let's throw out zero to two million and see what, see happens. what they do um i actually do think that the, the the public shaming is a little bit embarrassing for companies um more so than the legal battles or the fines that mm-hmm. some of these companies i think i think being called out does matter to to some of them you know, some of this is growing pains that you mentioned, uh, but some of it is just flat out avoidance. I'm not sure those companies can be helped. The ones that are like, let's just take the jobs down and hire a staffing firm to, to find these people or just source these people. Um, but sometimes government has to save business from itself. Yes, the capitalist is saying that. So more than half of job seekers <laughs> said they have flat out declined a job after after they found out the salary. That's according to a recent survey. Mm-hmm from our buddies at Adzuna. Uh, What's more, another survey showed that over the last five years, U.S. workers have wasted 480 million hours applying for jobs with the wrong salary. Mm -hmm. Um, At the end of the day, salary transparency is not only good for people, it's also good for business. Uh, And I'm optimistic that at some point we'll get 90-plus percent of companies happily, willingly – Voluntarily abiding by laws like the ones in New York City. Call
1: me the eternal optimist, but I am optimistic. Really hope so. I think it's going to take a couple of cracks from the bat first, and then they'll then they'll get moving. Yep. Some, some 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 shaming on
2: social, some fines, some legal battles, and and we'll see. But it is it is good for business. It is good. For it business. is. It's it's good for screening. It's good for retention. It's good for treating all kinds of
1: people stuff. right is never a bad thing.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, get with the program, people. All right, Chad, let's play a little Buy or Sell, one of our favorite games. You know how it works. We talk about three startups that have recently gotten money. We read a summary, and then you or I buy or sell that company. Are you ready to play a little Buy or Sell? Let's do this. All right, number one, we got Sparkplug. The San Francisco-based provider of an incentive management and wage supplementation platform, for Frontline Workers has raised $8 million in a Series A round. This brings total invested to $11.5 million. Well-known media guy Jason Calacanis is an investor. The new money will go towards hiring key executive hires and making investments into data development and behavioral science expertise. The company works with more than 1,000 U.S. retailers and over 200 brand partners. Chad, are you buy or
1: sell on Sparkplug? I didn't have to go too far down the rabbit hole for this one after being in sales for my entire life. Sparkplug is a solution looking for a problem. A platform like Beekeeper would do more for an organization than Sparkplug does. Uh, Sparkplug is like a, a rat hitting a button for a pellet. Uh, and, and good to great salespeople, they're not motivated by the quick fix. Um, so for me, Quick message to the co-founders, Andrew and and Jacob. If you want to understand what really make people tick, read Dan Pink's book, Drive. This one, to me, is a sell very easily.
2: Oh, I saw this one a little differently. Uh, Want to make essential workers feel really essential? Make them feel like part of the business. The platform gives frontline workers the ability to earn like owners by rewarding them with cash for every sale they make. The customizable incentive software also empowers brands and retailers to drive sales by mobilizing in-store employees to serve as influencers while delivering real-time campaign data to track and manage efficacy. The big question will be adoption. Will companies who think, uh, you know, we pay enough, uh, forgo this as an option. Is it too complex to implement for most businesses? Aside from those issues, I think it has a lot of promise. I'm gonna
1: buy Spark Pack. Earn like owners. You just drank the fucking Kool Aid. <laughs> Worktorch, the Wichita,
2: Kansas-based startup, has raised 2.2 million in seed funding, formerly known as Quick Hire. WorkTorch is a career discovery platform for the service economy workforce. The funding will support growth into new markets, including Chicago, Denver, Kansas City, Dallas, Nashville, and Atlanta. Led by two African-American sisters, the platform currently has a roster of over 40,000 service industry applicants actively looking for jobs. Chad, buy or sell WorkTorch.
1: So last week we talked about quick And that, to me, made complete and utter sense from Jump Street. Um, But WorkTorch, is this a placement platform? Is it a career discovery platform? Is it a retention platform? I get that employers need all of those, but the messaging, especially in early startup mode, they're all over the board. The founders don't have any background in the recruiting and talent management space, but the timing is right for hospitality industry-focused platforms like this. Uh, Another thing. Was the rebrand from Quick Hire to Work Torch really necessary at this point? It just feels like they're they all over the place for me. I, I love the idea mm-hmm. and I love the concepts they're pulling together here, but I cannot handle founders without focus, without discipline. So unfortunately, even though I like the aspects of this, it's just way all over the board and it's a sell. <laughs>
2: Yeah, even even their testimonials on the site still talk about quick hire instead of uh, work torch. So they need to they need to do a little updating. And, and you mentioned focus as a thing. Look, it's a cute story. Uh, you know, shining a light on diversity on businesses and startups is important. I think that we do a good job of that here on the show. That said, I don't see anything here that gets me out of bed in the morning, if you know what I'm saying. Look, there's lots of competition, including some well-funded players who are already entrenched in this space. Uh, I don't think they're doing anything all that sexy or interesting. I'm extinguishing the light at work, Torch. This is a
1: sell for me as well. Well, It is. it is very hard to get you out of bed, I would say, so, you know...
2: (laughs) <laughs> Come on, man. I said
1: I'm extinguishing the work torch. That's, that's good dad humor. Good dad humor, yes. All
2: right, let's go to five men's, or minutes. Uh, the London-based digital upskilling platform has raised $5.7 million in U.S. dollars uh, in a seed round for its micro-learning platform. Founded in 2021, the company uses social media techniques to train staff in education technology. It hosts employee training content that staff engage with in a similar way to how users engage with social media content. It is presented in a similar way to TikTok using scrolling videos that are presented to users via a personalized algorithm. Our workers more likely to engage with and finish courses if presented in a way that mimics videos used for entertainment, i.e., Big booty latinas and bug fights. Chad, are you a buy
1: or sell on Five Men's? So, if TikTok has taught us anything, it is that short, snackable content is addictive. Training content is usually boring and, and hard to get through, but if you can make that content snackable, then it's easier to get through. Not to mention, when you're chugging through one video, one short video after another, it feels like y- you've, you've gotten through more, right? As opposed to sitting through an hour worth of boring fucking content. Uh, so, you know, if I were uh, an L&D platform, I'd be contacting five minutes ASAP within the next five minutes because this yes. baby is a buy for me
2: all right attention spans are dead i remember my first job at mcdonald's they sat me down in a training room they put in a vcr tape and i had to watch like eight hours over a couple days of training videos (laughs) it was was awful oh god it was awful look our our pre-internet pre-mobile brains are gone uh building an upscaling solution that's mobile first TikTok like and video centric is not only timely but it's pretty brilliant. The name kind of blows. Uh it'll be confused with 155 which is sort of in the same space as well, but for me man it's another buy. Mm-hmm. All right, that concludes another episode of Buy or Sell. When we get back, let's go let's let's go to Sweden.
0: and wasted spending. And hello to optimized automated campaigns that produce qualified applicants. At Acquire ROI, we make job advertising easy. Visit us at Acquire ROI.com and start transforming your talent acquisition today.
2: All right, Chad, those nutty Swedes are back. Gotta love them. Straight em. out of Stockholm, the company that brought us the real life digital recruiting robot head has pivoted <laughs> to a more scalable model avatars Uh the new human-like tingai avatar and candidate app which tingai says has a friendly appearance and human-like voice that candidates will like provides on-demand access to an ai powered interview process complete with efficient screening and assessing candidates personality traits related to work performance chad are you down with this pivot or are you going to miss the bald plastic creepy androgynous digital face
1: of tank first guys? and foremost a, a 10 guy was amazing but this is about scale 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 the robot was literally the best way to get attention for their unbiased recruiting framework, which TNG has had for decades. But but the robot could never scale. The avatar can scale. So I think what we're seeing here is that this, maybe some people will see it as a PR stunt, but it's an evolution really. And when we were there in Sweden, I think it was back in 2019, you know, we had this discussion about scalability, maintaining, you know, the physical robots and those types of things and being able to move in this direction. And that was already on the roadmap. So to be able to see it actually come to, you know, fruition is, is, is pretty awesome. Yeah. If the
2: pandemic, where people don't want to talk to other people or you want to have like a physical robot interview people. If the pandemic didn't didn't make the real-life plastic head a thing, (laughs) then nothing will. You know, scalability, uh, repairing these things, like a total nightmare. So this is a good move uh, and one they probably had to make. But they get to go from a small pond where they're the only fish in the pond Mm To a much bigger lake where they have some apex predators to deal with. Yes. The good news is TNG, their parent company in Sugar Daddy, can wheel out some big guns if necessary. Either way, it'll be fun to watch. And if this metaverse thing ever takes off, it could be a huge business opportunity for Tingai. Plus, talking about Tingai means we get to dance like the queens we are, Chad. <laughs> we out, we out.
1: It's so weird. We out. How much do you understand the future of finance? I'm Jim Roos, a top 10 banking influencer and host of the podcast, Banking Transform, where we dive deeply into the rapidly evolving world of banking and financial technology. Join me as I interview industry experts,